On this episode of Crowdfunding Nerds, we cover energy and nutrition. We unravel the mysteries of the essentials of bed making. <laughs> we talk about listening to your body, and we even cover intermittent fasting. So there's a lot in here. Let's get into it. Game begin. Let's go. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Facebook ad, Facebook ad, Facebook ad. That's awesome. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your host, Andrew Lone, and I'm joined, as always, by Sean and not Rick this time. Instead, we're joined by uh, somebody with um, uh, a different somebody who also has a voice of an angel in similar manner to Rick. Her name is Julie Litchfield, and she is a nutrition coach with Advocare. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Awesome. And um, so topic-wise, we're going to talk about energy and nutrition. We kind of get deep into energy, nutrition, food, and other things like that um, because we believe that um, people with lots of energy make better business owners. They make better crowdfunders. They make better decisions and so much more. So I really hope you guys get a lot out of what we're about to talk about. Let's start off with just who are you and you know what's your expertise? What's your experience like uh, for those listening? And why do you make your bed every morning? <laughs> Love those questions. So I would love to say I'm an expert in nutrition, but I am always learning and growing and finding out new things and new ways of doing things. There's some things that will never, ever change in nutrition. That's the way the body works with it. But there are other things that are always growing and changing. So um, to say I'm an expert in that field, I don't necessarily love to say that. But I uh, grew up in a farming family, so definitely grew up understanding food and understanding what to put in and what not to put in. Probably started on supplements when I was five years old. I would have to say that I hid them in my baby blanket or flushed them down, down the toilet for a while because I didn't know how to swallow them <laughs> until my dad found them one day. Um, I quickly found out how much supplements cost at yeah. that point and then um, realized that I need to actually be taking them and not hiding them. But from the, for the rest of my life, then I took them. And for the last 20 years, I've been in the nutritional supplement industry and also nutrition coaching as well for the last 20 years. So that is where awesome. I currently reside. And why do I make my bed every morning? Because the small things that you do in life, such as making your bed before you leave your room in the morning are going to lead to success. It's just taking those small steps each day um, to do something that you're successful with before you even leave your bedroom in the morning. That's awesome. I love the concept of doing something on purpose. Like <laughs> it's like, um, I hate making my bed. Uh, my wife is an expert at encouraging me to make my bed. Um, she, you know, we have, we happen to share the same bed and she wants it made. And so, you know, I always have to help. Um, but I get why. I mean, it's so satisfying to jump into the bed at night, mm -hmm. but um, it's like you get your day started with purpose, you mm -hmm. know, rather than like stumbling over to coffee and um, drinking your second cup before your brain turns on. It's kind of a, a, a ritual, but I'm not very good at it right now because I have a three month old. And so, you know, the bed usually always has one person sleeping in it, either myself or my wife. <laughs> it's so. the feeling of walking back in your room and seeing things disheveled. It mm -hmm. makes your life feel disheveled. And yeah. 
and walking back into your room to see things that are done, you're, you know that you've accomplished at least mm-hmm. one thing that day. Cause there's some days that's the only thing we accomplish. Mm-hmm. And at least there was that. And so when you come back to bed at night, whatever time that may be with the ages of the kids that you have, mm-hmm. that you get to unmake the bed and get in is like, okay, I, I did one thing today. That was an accomplishment. Yeah. So, um, Sean, do you make your bed? <laughs> I, I do not. Know the <laughs> I, I do yeah. sometimes, but no, I don't. I don't make an active decision. Um, my mind is usually elsewhere um, at that point, that time. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's somewhat interesting um, in terms of like I don't know, like the military. If a bomb was coming. And I think the soldiers just get up and get to work. And that's maybe my, my approach to life. <laughs> so there's more pressing things right now, but I, I do yeah. agree with this idea of us keeping things tidy and a cluttered space is a cluttered mind. And mm-hmm. uh, I think one way to, to really tackle that is to declutter. And this is something my wife is really big on because you can't tidy clutter. So mm-hmm. by scaling down, it means keeping on top of or ordering a house or ordering any space a lot easier. So uh, I know that some people in their desks, they would just have like a box that they throw all the papers in there. And if they don't access those papers in a certain amount of time, like three months, they just bend the box. <laughs> That's probably yeah. a good practice because uh, just kind of keeping clutter tame is, is certainly helpful. Yeah. Yeah. We tend to, um, I, I do agree, actually, maybe first principle of running a business, you can't run a business in a messy office or rather if your if your office is messy, then your business practices would be messy. And I speak from experience because my business practices are naturally rather messy. I make messes. I'll tell people all the time, like I make messes and my staff are often the ones that clean them. It's like I signed a new client or I convinced a client to, to get started and, um, you know, go ahead guys, make sure that we look good. And then I'm off to the next thing. But, um, I do find that my headspace, when my desk is clean, it's somewhat clean right now. Um, it, I just am able to think easier and I get distracted less and I feel um, more relaxed. Like my brain is able to rest a little bit more while I'm working. There's not so much input coming in. I don't know if that makes sense. Is that? It, it does. But Andrew, that was a key in leadership right there. What you said when you said, I make a mess and my team comes and cleans it up. You have found people that have the strengths that, that you don't have, yeah. the gifts, the talents, the strengths that you don't have. And that is a huge key in leading mm-hmm. people is admitting first where you might have those mm-hmm. weaknesses and finding That's pretty much where I exclusively hire. And like, finding if I, people If I hate that, this or I'm bad. Right. Come alongside you that have those strengths and those gifts and mm-hmm. talents that are going to only further your business and make it worthwhile. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have looked at spreadsheets for a decade and I hate spreadsheets. I deal with them every day, but I just, you know, it's not my favorite thing to look at a spreadsheet. I like talking to people. I like, you know, there are a lot of things I like doing. Um, but I think Sean loves spreadsheets, you know, (laughs) like if, if we could feed Sean under the door and, and just let him work on spreadsheets all day, I think he'd be happier. (laughs) Well, Here's the question for you, Andrew. Um, I've, I've seen your, 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 your workspace and it's, it's usually 
quite tidy and clean, but I've also seen your desktop workspace. Yeah. <laughs> not, not exactly the same thing, which is quite similar to me where my, my workspace, my physical workspace is quite ordered and tidy. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my computer workspace, yeah. it's, uh, it's all over the place, but it's, it's organized chaos. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's like a, a word of wisdom that says where, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but mm-hmm. much strength comes from an ox. So mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. sometimes if things are, are too clean, it, it can be suspicious, but sometimes things just need to be a bit dirty because it's the nature of business. So I know, yeah. you, I don't know if your desk, desktop, last time I saw your desktop, your desktop was pretty cluttered. Mine is the same, but mm-hmm. it's kind of organized chaos. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and also what I've learned with the desktop, like I have right now, I have one, two, three, four. Um, well, it should be three, uh, like Chrome, uh, windows and each one of them, I kid you not have between 10 and 30 tabs and I do not need that many tabs. Um, and actually some, you know, every once in a while, like, you know how your computer will just reset, like restart. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, do you want to open up all your tabs? Sometimes I just say no and like wipe the slate clean and, and whatever. Um, other times I'll, um, say it again. Sorry. How much Ram do you have? Oh, plenty. Enough to have a billion tabs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I built this desktop to, you know, future-proof myself until um, I become an artificial intelligence. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that I have. Each window has a purpose. Like I've got one Chrome window with a lot of my deliverance-related things. I've got all the the portals to the shipping companies, like for the UK, for the EU, for Australia, for um, the US, and uh, you know, that sort of thing. And then on another, I've got all the, like my email tabs and, you know, crowdfunding nerds related stuff. And I don't know why I actually have the third one, but it just, it just happens sometimes, you know? Um, Maybe that's your fun one. That is yeah. just like, I'm looking up different things for whatever I want to do. Yeah. And, and uh, what I, though, Andrew, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, but even in this, I have organization because the tabs that are, to the far left, as in like the very first tabs, are all the essential ones, like the email um, tabs and stuff like that. And then the ones to the far right are the things that I've been doing um, that are very recent that that matter um, to what I was was doing an hour ago. And everything in the middle, none none of that matters. Um, it's all for you know, like Chrome. What it does is it when you go to that page, it will then reload that page. So like right in the middle, I have three Amazon tabs open. For um, you know, I was talking with uh, one of our clients that does Snapships Tactics, and I have several tabs open of his stuff, like right in the middle. And I'm not, I'm not gonna deal with those again. They're just kind of taking space, but I haven't yet cleaned that clutter. It's just, so my my system is is organized. Um, as Sean said, organized chaos. I think mm-hmm. is a perfect perfect explainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one so, of those MMO gaming m- mice and I've, <laughs> I've got hot keys that close and open tabs. So I just can hit on my mouse really quickly and just shut them all down. So that's, that's how I do to shut them yeah. all down quickly. Yeah. And you know, um, I, I will say we've, we've talked about cleaning and you know, the, the whole, uh, cleaning or make your bed thing for me came from, um, an admiral that gave a, a speech at the university of Texas at Austin. Um, his name is Admiral William McRaven, and he talked about making your bed, and mm-hmm. it's you know a super duper motivational thing. We can we can link it in the podcast notes, but um, 
it's it's very motivational and encouraging and and that kind of thing. Um, I know there are others that have similar lines of thought. Um, you know, make your bed, clean your room. Uh, you know, other 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 people that have said things like that. Yeah. But um, there does come a point though where when you organize, when you're cleaning and other things like that, you're really just distracting yourself from doing the work that actually is profitable, that will actually make you money, that will actually move the ball forward, and um. I want to talk about that a little bit because I don't know why we're on the subject of cleaning, but <laughs> you guys ever use the the idea of cleaning to distract yourself from what you for, really need to do? For sure. Uh, I can definitely be a cr- procrastinator when it comes to that. Sometimes I, I truly believe there was a time where I was so upset with myself and I thought my procrastination was the worst weakness in the world. And I had a wonderful mentor at the time and she came alongside me and she goes, have you ever thought that that potentially is a strength of yours? And I, I looked at her like she had lost her mind. I said, procrastination is a weakness. And she goes, not in your case. She said, when you procrastinate, it's because you're actually, as you're doing things, you're thinking about the things that you're supposed to be doing and you're mulling it over and you're getting rid of the fluff and you're getting rid of the things that don't matter so that when you sit down to actually do what you're supposed to do, you crank it out potentially mm-hmm. under pressure you know, cause I'm, I'm down to the wire at that point, mm-hmm. but it comes out a masterpiece because you haven't included all the fluff. If you'd really been working on it for the two weeks that you were supposed to be working on it, you probably would have redone it five or six times in that time frame, And then it wouldn't have come out the way that you wanted it to in the end. And she hit the nail on the head because that's how I worked all through college, mm-hmm. all, you know, all through high school, all through college. And then I did realize like that is, that is a potential strength. Now, sometimes not so much. Sometimes I truly am just procrastinating and by Mm -hmm. cleaning things up and, or especially when you work from home and you think, oh, I'm just going to do this really quick. I'm just going to run in the other room and get, this is, this is needed to get done for a while. That for sure is a distraction Mm -hmm. um, to what needs to get done. And it's potentially because you have to walk through something hard. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out a way that the most graceful way to walk through the hard thing. And sometimes you just have to put things down and walk through it. Yeah. You know, um, I actually work the same way. My, my brain on, on several different fronts, but whenever I have something that needs doing that requires, it's really something that requires creative energy. That mm-hmm. is something or creative thought. Um, one of the primary things in my life right now is uh, deliverance. We're working on an expansion and, what, you know, and we have these uh, three different bosses that we're making, and all three of them we discuss. Like you know, every week we have a, a like a once week meeting, and we discuss all three of these bosses. I made a first version a while ago, and we talked about how to revamp and and adjust them and whatnot. And um, I'm like, for the last like three days, I'm like, hey, the morning is open. I am going to do this thing, like you know, from the hours of 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. I'm going to get one or two or even all three done. And I always find a way not to do that, not to even start. And it's crazy because now it's, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. The podcast will go live on Monday. Um, But I'm um, kind of amazed that I've gone now. This is the third day that I have not yet um, even put my hand to the plow as it were. And um, I find that I've kind of, also embraced that because I know that my subconscious, so the, um, I don't know, I don't remember where I read this, but I believe your subconscious thinks a million times faster than your neocortex, than your conscious mind. 
a million times faster. So that's why when you're memorizing some, like when you're working on memorizing something, um, and then you get a good night's sleep or, and then you come back to it the next day, it's a whole lot easier to finish that memorization. But mm-hmm. if you try to go from morning until night to memorize something because you have a speech that night or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't take, it feels artificial and that sort of thing. And, um, so there's a, there's a lot to be said about procrastination, not actually being a useless thing, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, you need, you actually need to give your brain time to process the information mm-hmm. that you've put in it. Um, it, it stores like at, at nighttime, you get long-term memory. That's where mm-hmm. like your memory banks get stored and you kind of reset your short-term memory. So you're ready to take on a new day and you don't remember how awful the day before was. you only remember, you know, today's a new day. I've got a new start and, and all of that. Um, and then, you know, your long-term memory had a chance to really kind of, um, like process and store and whatever. It's like you defragged your hard drive at night. And, um, you know, I find that I've learned to start to trust that process, um, Mm -hmm. a lot. And actually in college was where it happened for me because like I had, um, for example, like an English class where I had to write an essay. I remember our teacher made us watch the 13th warrior. I love that movie. It is a super fun movie. She made us watch the 13th warrior and write um, uh, like a 10 page paper on it. Um, I did like a 20 something page paper on the art of martial arts with Bruce Lee and other things like that. And I remember I wrote the entirety of those papers in about 12 hours before the, before they were due, you know, and um, the one that was 20 something with an annotated bibliography and all of that. Like I had to work a little more on that one, but um, it, it was crazy. The amount of delay that I, uh, until like the pressure built up enough that I had to just sit down and start working. Otherwise I wasn't going to make it on time. Um, it was a, it's, it was a really crazy, you know, semester trying to, you know, just get a good grade in English, you know, and um, I got A's on both those papers actually. Mm-hmm. And I did well in the class and I realized that, it went okay. Like I, I was a heavy hardcore gamer at that time. I was wrestling. And, um, so I didn't really have much time for school, you know, like I went to school because my parents would be upset if I didn't. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And also, you know, gaming and world of Warcraft and wrestling because I really liked wrestling. And, um, I, I learned that I actually just needed to embrace the, the way that my brain worked and procrastination is kind of a part of that. And then I became a good student eventually. And I started, you know, um, I decided I really wanted to finish college and that sort of thing. Um, and I just, I, I, I remember, you know, I would be in a college class. I would have no notebook out, no pen, no pencil, nothing like that. If I wrote it down, the only things I would remember are what I wrote. And if I just paid attention to the class, then I would remember a lot more. And I started to embrace that, that procrastination. And, um, I graduated. I, I mean, I didn't graduate with honors because I like chasing girls more, but, but, um, you know, my wife graduated with honors who, who I met in college. So I'd say that's a big win. I got an A in finding a, finding a cute girl, marrying her and making seven children. <laughs> so Julie, you so. mentioned, uh, in the past that you grew up on a f- farm and then through your experience of, of growing up and, you know, this I- idea of nutrition was fermentation. Um, ever part of your sort of lifestyle growing up on a farm? Did you 
uh, jar anything or did you you know ferment anything because I, I think that's a that's a lost art in modern society with the advent of i suppose industry and mass mm-hmm. mass production and we've sort of removed uh probiotics completely from our diets and i that's mm-hmm. something that's I don't know if that was something part of your lifestyle. I can answer that question. Why, why, if you need to run and do that, but, uh, to, to just correct it a little bit, my grandparents were farmers. So yes, I did grow up on the farm. Um, we would go every weekend and be out there and we'd help and do things, but we also had a ginormous garden in our backyard as well too. And we did can, we canned a ton of stuff because in the Midwest, your garden doesn't grow in the winter. And so you canned all that food for the winter. And we had a basement that was full of canned foods. So everywhere from tomatoes to the cucumbers, to the beans, to the, I mean, literally everything where the only thing my mom was going to the store for was typically bread, milk, Mm -hmm. eggs, a few things like that. But even the eggs we got off the farm, but um, we canned everything. And that was a huge process. When we moved to California, that was a huge shock for my mom. Um, first of all, the soil in her backyard, they lived on the side of a mountain and there was a boulder in her backyard and it was like clay. And she yeah. is pretty amazing. And she quickly learned how to grow a garden in that. And I remember neighbors coming over and saying, what in the world? How did you just grow like corn in your backyard and strawberries? I have the same yard as you do. I don't understand how you're growing it. So she goes, it's called poop. You got to go get some. She's like, if you don't put the right soil in and mix it with some manure, you're going to, you're not going to get the right things you need. But uh, learned a lot from my mom with that um, growing up in the farming, but she also was so strong in um, when we were little, we didn't eat tons of sugar. We never got those fun things in our lunches when we'd go to school and we'd see other kids' lunches. No one ever wanted to trade with us because we had all (laughs) all homemade stuff in our lunch bags. But I'm so grateful for that now. You know, looking back, when you're a little kid, you're like, man, what are those things? Fruit roll-ups? I'd like to have one in my lunch bag too someday or whatever else there was, a Twinkie or a Ding Dong or whatever. But um, grateful that, that we actually learned early on that what you put on in your body matters. And my mm-hmm. mom used to always go back to say, do you ever see me putting diesel in our car? Our car doesn't take diesel. If I put mm-hmm. diesel in the car, we wouldn't even make it out of the, out of the gas station. She said, you need whatever you're putting in your body. That's how your body's going to run. So if you're putting mm-hmm. crap in your body, it's going to run like crap. So you yeah. put good stuff in your body, your body's going to run longer. And so we learned that really at a young age mm-hmm. and, uh, the other big thing we learned was, was movement was just getting out and moving and not sitting. We were only allotted so much time a day behind a screen. Mm-hmm. And other than that, my mom said, there's a big wide world out there. You need to get out there and walk it. Like, let's see what there <coughs> is. So that was a long answer to your question about canning. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's just, it's just something me. that my, my wife has got into recently. I know that um, Andrew, your wife and daughter recently went on a, I think a sourdough course. And my, my, yeah. wife, my wife's mm. huge into sourdough. And she, she does a lot of stuff with that. And just all the health benefits that comes from uh, fermenting and just probiotics. She's currently yeah. making, um, what's the German thing called again? Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. 
So it's just yeah. big jars of like fermenting all this sauerkraut, and they occasionally like you have to air them; they burp, and they can yeah. hear them pop and stuff. This is wow. so. Anyway, she's she's bringing to that. It's just something we've got into as a family in terms of our nutrition. And my son is lactose intolerant, but we go to our local farmer here because we live in the country. We buy raw milk, and he's able to have that no problem because of the probiotics. The, wow, the, amazing. The bacteria kills the lactose or eats it or consumes it. So uh, whilst when it is pasteurized, uh, all the lactose stays and that can uh, cause him problems. So even though he, if he wants to have ice cream, <laughs> he has to like run to the toilet straight away, but he's mm-hmm. able to have, um, you know, cereal and porridge with uh, raw milk. And that um, has been great to see. He can actually have dairy. I love how that's all coming back. My niece had a bunch of canning supplies on her registry. And I I feel like I'm close to my niece, but I didn't realize she was canning. And I called her, I said, are you canning? She goes, oh yeah, all the time making pickles and making this and making that. I'm like, I just love to see how that's coming back in, uh, how people are growing gardens in their backyard. Even Mm -hmm. in the smallest of areas, they're learning how to just maximize what they have. And it's just, it's fun to see people getting excited about it and kids getting excited. My, my kids love to go pick potatoes out of the ground. I mean, it's the funniest thing ever. And I just think, okay, as long as you're, you're good with this, go ahead and do it. So it's, it's fun to see it go through the generations, but that it's coming back so strong now. One thing I'll say is I, I think there is a desire for people to return to what is real. There's so much of mm-hmm. our experiences mediated through screens. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've seen this in the, like all the, you know, the board games behind, <laughs> behind Andrew is that a lot of people and in terms of entertainment, they the idea of sitting next to people or in front of people with physical components moving bits on on a on a table, that's novel now. That's people want those kind of real experiences rather mm-hmm. than simulating something online. I think we're seeing this just with our food and uh, different experiences. And there is a, a, a desire for people to re-experience that which is real. I don't know if you've seen that. You know, Apple has just released these headsets, VR headsets that people are yes. walking around with. And that's that's pretty scary, just where kind of it, society is heading towards, where people will just perpetually be connected to devices that will be wearing them mm-hmm. on their faces. And I, I think there, there might be a, a pushback to that type of movement where, yeah, there might be conveniences and having, you know, be moving your hands like a wizard and going to be calling your friends. But I think there's another pushback to that where people are just saying, I want to get away from all this technology mm-hmm. for a bit and be able to put down my phone and have mm-hmm. time yeah. with friends and family. I really pray and hope that there's a, a huge pushback to that. And I, and I truly believe like as much as 2020 caused all this havoc, I think it also brought to light. Wow. We do not get out enough. We do not do things enough. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think it really brought some families back to core of what is most important and what do we need to be doing? And it's, it's spending that time, that quality time with each other and being in interaction, being in community with people and people are tired of it. Just, I mean, thank God we had to be on zoom so much because I had been already been on zoom for five years before that. And then when we were on zoom that much, I thought I cannot stand this. I need to get back out Mm -hmm. into the world and in front of people. So yes, I hope there's huge pushback to that because then talk about, you know, we, talk about energy levels, that's going mm, to yeah. just plummet energy levels at that point. And we are already fighting against that now. And mm. yes, we have amazing supplements for energy that can do that, but there's so much more how to get mm. energy in your body than just 
adding supplements and you're talking to someone that loves supplements and has been taking them all of her life, you have to move. You There has to be a certain amount of stress in your body. And stress is typically caused, not, not like the mental stress that we get from being stressed out at work or school or things like that, but a stress on your body of moving and getting out in the world and mm-hmm. doing things. There is stress that's put on our body when we want to do that. All of that helps create the energy that we have in our body and it's how we sleep and what we eat and how we move and all of that, that's going to bring that energy back. And when you're doing things like that with AI and and with all these things that they're coming up with, it's just going to massively deplete someone's energy and deplete anything that they have that's worthwhile um, on a day-to-day basis. So it's scary. And I, like I said, I pray that there's huge pushback for that. Yeah, there's this um, thing that my wrestling coach would always say. It's like, I'll just amend it for the for our listeners. It's like, you can't put low-quality gasoline into a race car. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to perform well, you know, on the wrestling, you know, on the wrestling mat, then you need to fuel your body with the right things. And chili dogs aren't it. So, <laughs> you know, um, I remember, you know. Darn. Yeah. I remember my uh, wrestling coach, we would have, we, actually, you can eat some really, really good things for your body that taste really good that don't, you know, it's not like salad is what wrestlers have to eat. I, I mean, it's kind of like the Michael Phelps diet. I would have to eat lots of carbs. So mm-hmm. I remember before every wrestling dual meet, you know, it's like one school against another in college. Um, we would uh, go to Sorrento's pizza and every single wrestler would get a giant bowl of spaghetti and meatballs. And that's what we would eat like before, before we wrestled. And it was, it was awesome. And then I remember every away trip, we were only allowed to go to, what was it? I want to say it was like burger. Oh, it was Carl's jr. Carl's jr. Or I forget what it's called across the, across the States, you know, different, different things across the States. We were only allowed to get barbecue chicken sandwiches, but we could have like three of them. You know, if we got anything else, he'd be mad like fries or whatever. He'd be mad because certain calories are kind of useless to your body. Mm-hmm. Like certain things are useless to your body and other things will do what you need them to do for your body. Mm-hmm. And um, I never really got a, an education in new, like the science of nutrition, but I got a significant education in the, um, the functional side of nutrition, like what I feel like after I eat mm-hmm. this and what it does to my weight. And, you know, cause in wrestling, you have to be very concerned about how much you weigh you need to weigh under a certain amount to to you know make your weight class and be able to participate in the tournament or whatever. And um, so I learned, you know, certain things cause me to balloon. Actually, mm-hmm. sourdough bread is one of the number one things that causes me to. If if I want to gain five pounds from one day to the next, I will eat half of a sourdough bread. You know, that's like, but it's so good. You know, and it's, it's so good. allegedly good for you, but holy cow, I just balloon up like a giant, you know, inflatable animal. So no, so true. And, uh, so fast food is, has always been, Oh, what can I say? Uh, we don't do it in our house. And so when we go on and we do a lot of road trips, uh, with my family, with our family. And I have, since I was little, and then I now do road trips with my family and we pack a cooler (laughs) and I make sandwiches and there's food in the cooler and they all have their own snack bags. So I don't hear the entire road trip. Mom, can I have this? Mom, can I have this? No, you have a snack bag allotted to you for the day. If you finish it in an hour, sorry, 
Yeah. You need to learn how to make it last for our road trip for today. It was like my my six month supply of food because <laughs> COVID. It was a six week supply. I learned. <laughs> yes. So it, they'll always say at at one point in the road trip we might be gone for two weeks. Can we stop? Like at in the one place I will stop typically is In and Out, but yeah, we're so in I'm other states, about for- and we don't have it. In, well, now they're coming to other states, but we're in other states and they don't have it In and Out, so we'll stop for them. And it's so interesting to now hear my kids at older ages, you know, they're 18, 16, 14, and nine now. And so now they are, they are really in tune with listening to their body versus when they were little before, when they were little, they just say, my tummy hurts or I don't feel good or whatever. And within 30 minutes or less of stopping for fast food and eating, they all immediately say, where's the nearest bathroom? Can we pull over (laughs) soon? And I don't feel so good. And man, I'm never eating that again. It was Uh great for the two, three minutes they consumed it and downed it, but they immediately felt after what that is actually doing inside their body. And so as much as I'm wanting to treat them and show them, sure, mom will splurge from time to time and let you have fast food. They're quickly learning. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so grateful for that, that they actually can feel it and know it now and know what it's coming from uh, versus Mm -hmm. me telling them it's not the best thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of pivot this conversation and, and focus it in on, you know, what our audience is listening and may be wondering, why are we talking about all of these things? And I'd like to kind of pivot into energy, you know, back into energy for the purposes of actually running a business effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, we, we know like you, you gave us uh, some notes before we started. And one of the things I'd love to dive into is everybody's different every body is different. What do you mean by that? There are no two alike. That is the the great thing. We are all uniquely created and designed. And I love that part about us. We may all um, need the same things as far as we all need macronutrients and micronutrients. We need our, our carbs, our proteins, and our fats to survive and live and water and all these things. But every single one of us was created completely differently. We all have a unique thumbprint. There is not anybody that lived before you that lives today or that will live after you that will have the same thumbprint. So right there, that has got to say something that there is no way that any, any two of us are alike. If we all have different thumbprints, then we're all made. Our DNA is all different, right? Mm -hmm. Now we can do some of the same things to get the same results, but it's the the greatest example I like to use is when someone says, oh, my friend did it. So it worked for my friend. So it's going to work for me. So I'm going to start doing and eating the same way mm-hmm. they did, or I'm going to start exercising the same way they did. That's, that's great, but that doesn't mean it's going to turn out the same for you. So it's coming back to learning. I have to listen to my own body. I have to, we know, we all know if just like, like your son, Sean can't, can't have dairy or can't have milk in some sense he knows how he feels after he has it. He's learning what that feels like. It doesn't feel good. And so we all know what we can do and what we can't do, but it's, it's stopping. It's slowing down enough to understand. I need to listen to my body. It's not going to be the same as my friends or as my husband's or as my sister's or my brother's or whatever. I, it's going to be different. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I meant when I said every body and everybody is different because we are all uniquely created and designed in in a good way. You know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, um, so there are three different major body types and this is like, what is an endomorph an ectomorph and a something? What, what is it? 
the um and I could get these wrong, right? But the uh, conceptually, the endomorph is in in regard to working out and and that kind of thing. The endomorph is somebody that is drawn to cardio and kind of needs to do heavy lifting in order to build, you know, like that that is the the most effective thing for their body. Um, and the ectomorph is the guy that is naturally big. Like, have you ever seen somebody that's just got natural muscle and, and other things mm-hmm. like that? Their frame is larger and they're, um, you know, it's just, they, they like to power lift. And I find that it's actually a lot easier for those people to power lift. And it's almost impossible for them to run a mile. You know, um, they, uh, they, they don't like running. And then there's the, whatever the body type, that's kind of the blend of the two that can benefit you know, about equally from cardio as well as, um, you know, heavy lifting and, and that sort of thing. Um, I find that I myself am, a, a the more balanced type, you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. that mid range build that, you know, I can, um, you know, I benefit well from cardio. I benefit well from other things and I definitely don't like to power lift and I definitely don't like to run. So, um, you know, I, th- I feel like I'm a blend between the two, but I remember um, there were so many people that would try to tell me, okay, this is how you need to work out, or this is how you need to eat. And I would be like working out like a football player. Like, I don't like this. Why am I? I'm like lifting heavy and I'm getting really sore in my chest and other things like that because I did chest yesterday and whatever. And it just, that didn't work for me. And then I found like, it, you know, really through high school and, and then eventually college wrestling College wrestling was where it came for for me, where I figured out my body and what I did. And um, the, you know, in in wrestling, you know, the the concept is um, you're it's just you on the mat against one other person. There's nobody else that can help you. Like you don't have a team. You've got the team in the practice room, but it's just you on the mat. And so I would find that when I work out in uh, the way I did in the wrestling room, I would move a relatively light weight around, like twenty pounds, thirty pounds, forty pounds. I would move that around in ways that would just be awful um, for muscular endurance. Um, and then I would uh, run up a mountain, you know, and that would be my cardio or do sprints and things like that. And I found that, you know, and part of this was because I, I didn't want to lift heavy because I didn't want to build muscle mass and get heavier um, because again, you know, the wrestling the weights and whatnot. But I found that there was nobody that I ever wrestled with that had better cardio than me. And um, I just, I don't know. It was just something that happened. I felt really, really comfortable with how I was doing things. And, um, I think that, you know, this food is the same way. Mm -hmm. I actually uh, have, I don't know. I think I might've talked about it on a podcast we did with Dan Whaley a little bit ago where, um, we talked about kind of, um, health and, you know, working out and other things like that. But, um, I eat the same things every day. I try to eat the same exact breakfast every day. I try to eat the same exact lunch every day. And sometimes it's just hard to do that, um, you know, because I want variety or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I find that if I can just um, limit my choices and say like, what do, instead of saying, what do I want today? It's like, I know what I'm having today and I know when I have it. And it just is like a routine for me. It's just become something that's a lot easier to manage. And it's something that when I go outside of that pattern, um, I start to, you know, get messed up. I start to gain weight. I, I actually, my energy crashes sometimes, you know, when I, when I go too far outside of that pattern. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean. Like the, uh, the functional understanding of like what works for me versus the scientific understanding of like, why does it work that way? I don't know, but it works. 
you've become an expert in listening to your body. And I mean, we, we will, we will lean to experts like coach Dan, when it comes to fitness and nutrition, like him helping us walk us through, like, this is why you want to do this type of exercise, or this is going to build this. And this is what this is going to do. Now it's, it's going to look different in each person because we all have different bodies and different shapes, but we go to those experts to say, what am I supposed to do for this? And how, you know, I hurt here when I do this, tell me what this is doing, but we truly each can become an own ex our own expert for our own bodies. When, when you're listening to it, just like, you know, how you feel Andrew after you've eaten sourdough and mm-hmm. what that's going to do for you. Or if you go off a little bit from what you normally would do, if you decide to have a bowl of ice cream at night, how that might make you sleep, mm-hmm. how you wake up the next morning and how you feel from that or how you feel the next day. And so once you learn those things, then that's where you, st- we have a choice. We, we get to make the choice of what we're going to do and what we're going to choose to do with how we're going to eat each day. And so that's really what it's going to come down to is, is moderation and everything that we do in life. Mm-hmm. Moderation is everybody. Most people I meet don't love the word moderation in any shape or form, Yeah, not just with food or exercise, but anything in life. And, but it's such an important word. Mm-hmm. It is such an important word. And a synonym of moderation is, is breaking because you're, you're breaking, you have to break something to achieve the moderation. And so what do you want to break in life to achieve what you're, what you're trying to get at? And so for you, you've understood, even though you might be eating the same thing every single day, you know, that at least I'm, I'm going to feel good. And this is easy for me. You've Mm -hmm. formed a, a habit that now has become a behavior for you enough that it makes you happy. Even though you might not be changing up what you're doing every day, it still makes you happy because you're achieving what you want to achieve at the end of the day. Right. Um, I I've lost in the last uh, two months about 10 pounds and uh, you know, I'm just, I've just decided I'm getting back into shape, you know, like when we got pregnant, we air quotes got pregnant. (laughs) um, I gained sympathy weight along with my wife, you know, and we ate pizza whenever we wanted and, and other things like that. Like I, I recognized around month six, I just like the diet goes out the window and I'm drinking soda and eating pizza and whatever. And then it's like, okay, now it's time to, I just decide now it's time to get back into shape and I'm out of shape. And I feel like, um, you know, low energy and other things like that. And I just yearn for having a lower weight because when I have a lower weight, I have more energy to do Mm -hmm. things like I'm, you know, when my kids talk to me, I'm much less likely to be grumpy at them because I have more energy. I'm mm-hmm. much more likely to be productive during the day because I have more energy. I'm more likely I'm get I get more creative thought in when I have more energy and and all that for me. It just seems like when I hit a certain weight, um, it just like my energy in in, in my body doubles. Like when I get up in the morning, I get up with my eyes open and I don't need mm-hmm. too much coffee or whatever, you know. Um, but it's uh. It's, it's difficult. You know, everybody's on their own journey. And I think that there, you know, there are a lot of people listening to this that are in shape, like way better shape than us. And then there are other people that are listening that are just not in great shape. Um, and then, you know, everybody in between and you have this, this spectrum of people and you have people that want to do something about it and others that are happy with where they're at. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think one thing we can probably universally agree on is that everybody would like a little bit more energy. Yeah. A little bit more patience and a little bit more energy, right? Uh, you know, but not not opportunities to earn patience, like the actual patience. Yeah. And so 
you know, not opportunities to gain more energy through hard work, diet, exercise, changing habits and all of that. But like, how can I, what is one little thing that someone can do where they're at right now that will help them just have more energy like tomorrow or next week? Number one thing typically, and every single time I coach somebody, my first question will always be, how's your water? And a oh, lot that's of people good. say, oh, Julie, I have, I'm holding up my water bottle right now. Oh, Julie, I drink plenty of water. I always have a water bottle with me. That's great. I'm glad you always have a water bottle with you. Do you actually know how much you drink in a day? Have you ever just made little notches during the day to know, oh, I just finished eight ounces or I just finished 16 ounces. Like, have you truly added up what it is? Because even though we're carrying a water bottle around, doesn't necessarily mean we're drinking it. If we're not mm. going pee enough. Or if we feel thirsty too often, then we're not drinking enough water. We need to be drinking bare bones minimum, half of our mm-hmm. body weight in ounces. So if someone weighs 200 pounds, they need to be at least be drinking 100 ounces a day. And I usually add an extra 16 to 20 ounces to that when I'm doing calculations for somebody. Because if they live in dry climate, if they exercise, if they sweat during the day, you have to replace that. Our bodies are made mostly of water. And we need to be drinking that. And when we're low on water, we're going to be low on energy. We're not going to move right. We're not going to think right. Our brain's going to be foggy. We're not going to make the right choices when it comes to food because we're going to be searching for water and food and picking the wrong things because our body disguises things weird. Our body's pretty miraculous when it comes to that, but it does have a mind of its own. Um, And we're going to sleep horribly. So water is the easiest thing for somebody to add back in. And a lot of people are like, I hate water. I hate, it doesn't have a taste to it. Great. Add a little bit of pink sea salt. If you want to add, like if someone likes salty stuff or add some lemon or add some fruit to it, or I love rehydrate. Or just slam it and get it over with. That's what I, I, that's what that, I do. That too. But it's, it's again, <laughs> you guys love, I mean, going back to the word moderation, it's about moderation throughout the entire day. So a lot of people will be like, oh, I finished all my water today before noon. Okay. Well, <laughs> too much water in one time is also bad for you. So yeah. too much of any good thing can be bad for you. So let's spread it out throughout the day. Now you don't want to be drinking water right before you go to bed at night. Cause then mm. that's going to ruin your sleep and you're going to be up all night. So it's finding that, that, um, moderation of drinking your water, right? When you get up in the morning, have, the first thing you do after you make your bed is have a full glass of water and then keep that going throughout the day and making sure that you're getting your bare bones minimum in and then above that if need be. But that's the first thing I will always touch base on with people. Even people that tell me they get enough water, they'll come back to me a few days later and said, I was way below what I thought I was. Like I carried my water around with me and I still wasn't drinking enough. And it's amazing how much better they are sleeping, uh, the, the foods that they are no longer craving just with making sure you're getting the right amount of water in. That's really cool. Um, I have this, uh, I've, I've noticed whenever I bring soda into the house that it gets consumed, like every can of soda gets consumed. It's the strangest thing. And no matter what I do, no matter how good I want to be, like every can of Coke is just gone at a certain point. It's like, where did it go? Like it went in, mm-hmm. into my body. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it goes in in a week or two weeks or whatever, right? And um, so I've noticed that bottled water, disposable bottled water, if I always have a case, and it's like $3, $4 at, at a, you know, your grocery store when you're getting groceries. For me, if we always have 
that bottled water, I'm always rushing everywhere. I, I'm a Californian at heart. Like I live in Texas, but I'm a Californian at heart. So I'm always rushing. I'm always, you know, I'm never, never feel like I'm on time, even if it's, you know, you know, to jump in and just start answering emails. Like I'm always hurrying so I can get back to my computer to do the thing, you know, the next thing. And um, a grab and go is super mm-hmm. useful. I don't have time to, you know, in my head, at least I don't have time to fill up a water bottle and keep track of where that thing is. Like I just need to grab something and go. And these, um, you know, I'm holding up like a plastic mm-hmm. drinking bottle. That's terrible for the environment, but um, they are useful to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm getting water in. It's like, I, if um, I'm tempted to grab a soda, or whatever, I can just grab one of those instead I, I take it with me and then I'm at my desk and that's the only thing that I've got at my desk to drink. So the strange thing that happens to soda also happens to these bottles. Mm-hmm. If I bring it into the house, then it, they just start to disappear. And you know, if I bring them into the office and it's the only thing to drink, then I just naturally will drink those things. I won't stop what I'm doing, get up, go to the other side of the house for um, a soda or like, you know, a sweetened water or whatever. Uh, or sweet tea or, you know, you know what, uh, what else I guess. Um, but I, I drink water and that's been the way that I try to, um, kind of add that in. Um, so that's half your ounces of body or half your body weight in ounces, half your body weight in ounces, but that's key. You found something that works for you. And that same for my sister, she loved her, her diet Pepsi during the day. And it was really more so yes. Was it the flavor and the taste? Sure. But it was more the carbonation. So she switched to bubblies and liqueurs. She goes, yes, I'm spending money on this, but at least I'm getting water in. I'm getting something and it's, and the carbonation is what's satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding that key element that will get you to keep drinking yeah. the water that you need to drink. Like I said, if it's putting a little bit of salt in it, putting some lemon in it, if it's whatever it takes for you to get it in and you grabbing those, having those handy at home is what's going to do it instead of grabbing a reusable water bottle. That's fine too. I tell other people for your reusable water bottle, put rubber bands on it. So if, if you have to drink four of those a day, put four rubber bands on, take a rubber band off every time you finish one. So that if you look over at your water bottle and it's one o'clock in the afternoon and all four are still on there, you need to start moving. You need to start drinking water. That means that you're not going to the bathroom either. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, one other thing, you know, there are a lot of people out there that, I, so I used to be this way where I would always drive to work and, and home. And then, uh, I have a lot of appointments and things that I have to be out and about during the day. What I found is that it's really hard to kind of control the chaos when you're out and about, or for example, on vacation, like mm-hmm. the adage is, I think at least the adage is that you should expect to gain one pound for every day that you're on vacation. And I find that that's pretty true in my vacations because food is my favorite. Um, and so, um, one thing that I found that, that helps me to control chaos when I go out is I go to specific places like specific fast food places or whatever, and order the same thing there. So for example, in and out burger, as you mentioned, I happen to have an in and out burger on our exit in, in Texas, um, where, where I live and, they never freeze their meat and other things like that, you know, some good stuff there. So I go there, I get a double, double animal style and I remove the onions and I get ketchup and mustard instead of the spread. It's like this, mm-hmm. uh, super yummy, epically fatty spread uh, <laughs> that they put on there. And that is actually not too bad. It's pretty good for you. Um, 
And so I know that if I'm going to be out and about, I actually kind of plan ahead and say like, is there an in and out nearby? No. Was there, you know, a Carlos Jr. nearby that I can get that barbecue chicken sandwich thing? Um, you know, and, and so on. So do you have any other tips for somebody that might be in a, a lifestyle like that? Like sure. controlled so, chaos. I mean, definitely if someone can, if someone can think ahead and pack a cooler for every day, like my husband worked construction when we first met and construction is not the greatest job to be eating healthy on. He, they don't stop often. It's, it, it just isn't, a, it's not a good place for eating healthy. But he learned how to do it. He packed a cooler every single day. And in that, and he, he would do it the night before. So he mm-hmm. took 15 minutes the night before, got out stuff that he could munch on all day long because he's more of a grazer. And so he would take good food. He would take cucumbers. He would take carrots. He would take fruit. He loves fruit. And he would make his lunch every single day because otherwise he would go to fast food. Because the, everybody else in his construction field would stop at the fast food restaurant. Brian would get out of his cooler and eat that. Not only did it save his body, it saved us a ton of money because mm-hmm. he spent way more money on fast food. Now, if you don't have a choice and you're, you're like, I can't pack a cooler during the day. I don't have an extra 15 minutes at night. And you are having to stop at fast food. That's where you need to make some choices of the places you're stopping, like what you're doing, Andrew. You're choosing to stop at in and out that, again, doesn't freeze things. Everything is fresh there. If you've ever seen them make their French fries and put a potato in, it's pretty cool to watch. But then you make choices when you're there. Maybe you're going to go without the bun that day and just get the hamburger and some toppings on it. So it's it's making some choices that are going to help you later on because you didn't necessarily need all that bread. You may have already had enough carbs during the day for breakfast or you're going to have enough carbs um, at night for dinner. So it's just making some healthy choices when you're going to some of those places because they don't necessarily all, always have the healthiest of things, but they have options and they, most of them have to have options on their menu now that are going to help people eat healthier. And you can always ask a fast food restaurant when you go in, what is your healthiest option here? They will have an answer for that. It's a great idea. Yeah, Julie, some, something that you've said is to listen to your body. But do you think sometimes your body lies? Uh, so I'll give an example. Sometimes I, I might feel particularly drowsy, lazy, and just like, I'm, oh, I'm so tired. But I know that if I get up and I go outside and play with my kids and I get some fresh air and I'm running around and doing a bit of exercise, that when I come back in, I'm going to just be rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. And then maybe off the back of that, do you ever uh, suggest that people should do anything like intermittent, intermittent fasting or some type of fasting? Because I do know that you can detox that way. And I, mm-hmm. I suppose your body is craving something, but you're sort of making it, de- <laughs> you're determining not to engage in certain activities because mm-hmm. of the long-term benefits. Yeah. Well, for sure, the first to answer the first part, when you're saying, you know, you, you sometimes feel drowsy and not like doing anything, but if you get up and go outside, you're, you're rejuvenated, which is, which is so true. When people are in that mood, a lot of people won't get up though and do what you did, Sean. They won't go outside because they are feeling tired and they don't want to get up and get out. But it's looking back at what did I do today? What did I put in my body today? When was the last time I moved? Most likely everything that you done, you did before the precursor to how you were feeling was that's why you're feeling the way you are now. Um, so it's important that we get up and we move and we go out and we do those things as well too. So now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> For the second part of your question. I'm like, I was so adamant about making sure to say that part of it as well. So I missed the second part of your question. What was the second part? It was about fa- fasting. 
Yes, fasting. So intermittent fasting, I get these questions all the time. Julie, what do you think of, you know, IF? What do you think of keto? What do you think of paleo? What do you think of all these things? I think all of those are wonderful and great. Um, I don't coach in any of them because none of them are long-term. None of them can be, can you, you cannot have stability in any of those for a lifetime. The only thing that you can be stable in for a lifetime is eating healthy, is eating all the food groups and eating all day long. Now, when people do those for short times, I will fast for three days or I have a lot of friends that do 10 day fasts or that even do it for a month. If it works for your body to do that, I always say, go for it. It's, it's good for you, but it does not work for everybody. My dad is a diabetic, could not intermittent fast ever. So for certain people, it's going to work for other people. It's not, it's again, trying it, but it's also about trying it in short term. So a lot of people will say, I'm going to intermittent fast for 30 days. Well, why don't you intermittent fast for two or three days first? If that works for the two or three days, then go ahead and extend it at that point. But then you're going to have to stop at some point and go back to normal eating. And that's the part where a lot of people mess up is when they go back to normal eating, they just go back to normal eating of Mm -hmm. the massive amounts of food they were having prior to intermittent fasting, where you have, it's a process to go back to normal eating. It takes a good two to three weeks to get back, um, to what you're supposed to be after doing something for that, like an extended period of time of 30 days. So I always say start small when you're doing something new to make sure that your body is going to react the way you want it to and that you're not shocking your body into something so brand new. It will work for people. You'll, you see people lose, lose weight or feel better or get more energy after doing it for 30 days. Then that's the problem. They want to continue that. Well, mm-hmm. your body can't. <laughs> you need to go back I, yeah. to what your body needs. And so that's where, that's why I say I don't coach in those things in the paleo and the keto and the intermittent fasting because it's not long-term. Yeah. I think, um, we call it in, you know, I mean, we used to call it crash dieting actually like keto and intermittent fasting and other things like that. Um, you know, Atkins diet, the South beach mm-hmm. diet, um, other, other things like that. Uh, my wife for a very brief time as a, as a kid tried the diet Coke diet where all she drank was Diet Coke. I think that lasted like three, four days and she was like, okay, I'm done. Or maybe it was like two weeks. Uh, anyway, it was just a terrible, terrible time, I right? Don't think and I don't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, she, that's a funny thing. Um, you know, just as a kid, she's like, I want to lose weight, you know? And that's like a really common thing. Like people want to lose weight, but it's just really hard. Um, I'll say that probably the most, the thing that people are least prepared for, including myself, like, you know, I've done this a lot and, I've you know been in great shape and I know how to get into good shape and that kind of thing. But there's something that happens after seven children. It's happened to me at least seven times where I get out of shape and then I'm like, all right, I know all the right things to do, but I don't want to do those things. Mm-hmm. And I resist. I resist knowing what I what to I know to do, what I know is right. I resist and I hate myself for it sometimes. And I will just need pizza and just, you know, and yeah. other things like that. And, um, there's this mental battle that takes mm-hmm. place and it's kind of overwhelming. Um, it's really, really difficult. And, you know, like for example, I am currently on a plan where, you know, my body naturally consumes about 2,600 calories a day and I want to lose a pound of fat a week. So mm-hmm. seven days, 
And a, gotta, a, pound, a pound of fat is 3,500 calories. 3,500 calories. You have to cut 3,500 calories out in a week to lose one pound a week. So that's 500 calories a day. Yes. So my, and I track with Garmin. So, um, you know, and, and I use this app called the lose it app, mm-hmm. uh, which is really useful, but, um, they, uh, so I track and I generally try to eat 2,100 calories. And there are some days where I'm really mad and I'm at like 1,950 calories and I'm like, but I'm hungry though. <laughs> you know, I could eat a full pizza right now. And it's, it's quite difficult to kind of master, like you were saying, Sean, like mind over body. Mm-hmm. And um, what what is your experience like in that arena, like helping people through the mental struggle? Because I, I personally, for me, when I fail, that's that's where I fail. And yeah. I, I think many people are the same. Like we use food to maybe make ourselves feel better because, Seriously. you know. So. Food, food can be soothing. It's It's, you know, many of us are emotional eaters as well, too. And so, you know, the one thing first to look at making sure that, okay, so you want, your normally would be at 2,600 calories. Are you including your exercise in that as well too? Because if you're burning, you could be burning more than what, so if, if you're hitting 2,100, but you're exercising and burning even more, you might actually be down at 15 or 1,600 and you do need to eat more. Mm-hmm. And so that's always something to look at as well too, but it's, it's giving yourself a lot of grace. And making sure that there, you do need to st- like, I, I love the people that are all in. I do. I, I generally love working with them, but it's also making sure that we're taking some simple steps to understand that it's okay to break every once in a while. It's okay to mess up every once in a while. And sometimes when people are all in, they're the ones that fall off the wagon the fastest because they, they don't want to mess up at all. And mm-hmm. yet we're going to. We're human. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. We are going to mess up. Things aren't going to look perfect. And we might only lose 0.7 pounds instead of a pound that week, but mm-hmm. you still made a difference or you may not lose anything, but you didn't gain anything. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you have to see the wins in all of these things. So it's, it's making sure that you still have that grace in yourself and that you are going to treat yourself to, to foods that you love. You love to eat pizza then you're Mm -hmm. going to have pizza one night. You're just not going to have, if someone wanted pizza, beer, and ice cream, you're going to make a choice. You're not going to have all Mm -hmm. three. Or someone wants to have a treat day or a splurge day. Well, you're not going to splurge the entire day because first of all, that's going to create havoc in your body, in your -hmm. your gut, in your intestines. It's not going to be good for you. So choose one meal that you're going to treat yourself to, but eat good the rest of the day and drink a ton of water to help Mm -hmm. flush your system as well too. So it's, it's being all in, in the fact that I'm all in and making an investment in myself. I've been given one body, so I'm going to treat it, you know, I'm going to be wise mm-hmm. about it. I'm going to treat it nicely. You can't Amazon prime your body and get a new one in two days. <laughs> You're going to have to keep doing good stuff for it. So it's, it comes down to grace. Mm-hmm. It really does. It comes down to know that I'm not perfect and I'm going to mess up and that's okay because I'm going to start again tomorrow morning and I'm going to move and I'm going to drink water and I'm going to get down those simple habits. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to, and this is in life and work as well, too. We have to go back to what was working. So sometimes we've added things too quickly or added too many habits at one time. And all of a sudden we, we're messing up all the time or we're not losing the weight we need to lose or we're not doing the things we need to do. We have to go back to what was working before. So what do we need to take away? What do we need to stop doing? 
what was working in our diet, what was working in our fitness, what was working in our job. Mm -hmm. Go back to that. Go back to those simple steps. Do those right again. Get those solid again. And then slowly add on the the new things, add on that next new habit, add on the next new task in your job. But you have to go back to what was working. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of have to reverse every once in a while. So a lot of times, usually when that happens, when someone has their mindset isn't getting better Mm -hmm. and they're they're not improving, it's it's because they've added too much at one time. And it's it's starting to be stressful. And anytime we get under that stress, then we either give up or or Mm -hmm. don't do what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I really liked something you said is like, fine. Uh, so we use food to soothe. Food mm-hmm. is soothing. Um, my daughter is, uh, one of my daughters is seven years old and she um, has been working to break her habit of sucking her thumb. Mm-hmm. And from the time that she was a baby, she would mm-hmm. suck her thumb. And it was the only thing that we called her the walking siren when she was little um, because she would just scream and walk around and cry. And it was horrible. But when she, when you would give her a blanket, you would seriously throw a blanket on her. And she would start sucking her thumb and it would just go quiet. And that was amazing. Um, necessary for my sanity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now it's like, that's a really unhealthy habit to have when you're older. It can, it can change your, your, your jaw and all of that, uh, move your teeth and whatnot. So we're, we're trying to get her to break this habit. And she generally is, except for like when, maybe when she's sleeping or something, but she has been a little extra angry lately. And I found that she is looking for other ways to soothe and mm-hmm. it's really, really hard for her. She, she knows that she can't suck her thumb. Like she does, she, uh, we got her buy-in. Like she doesn't want to suck her thumb anymore. And she, but she's finding it really hard to, um, to deal with the stressors of life when she can't do that. And I think that for a lot of us, food can be that, mm-hmm. that is like the soothing thing. Like I, if you've listened to this podcast for the last 30 minutes, I love pizza so much, <laughs> you know, pineapple, pepperoni, and jalapeno. That's what I'll take. Um, and you monster. It's just, yeah, <laughs> never. I don't trust anybody that doesn't put pineapple on their pizza. Um, so, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely um, a soothing thing. Like when I get to have it, it just feels better. Everything feels better, you know, like a fun, a fun movie or a fun show with like, my half pizza. I just, that's all I need, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe a fifth slice. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, I always do that every week. So we have a cheat day. We call mm-hmm. it our cheat day. And we've just decided for our family. And one of the really, actually one of the most challenging things is like, everybody's different, but I live with my wife and she has different uh, needs, if you will, than, than I do and rather things that they keep her stable and sane. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the pizza. And for her, it's totally something else. Like she likes flowers, you know, I don't know, like a Milky way or uh-huh. whatever, like, you know, in regard to food. Right. And so we've just decided that cheat day is whatever day that week. It, it actually helps me hold off. It's like, Oh, I really want to have that soda right now, but I'm just going to have that soda on cheat day. I can't wait only two days right now and or from now on i will have 10 sodas if i want you know i can do anything i want on that day and so on that day what i do is i have a good breakfast like same same breakfast Mm -hmm. and i plan and prepare it's like when is going to be like the epic meal and what i've learned is if you have pizza for lunch 
you can't also enjoy pizza for dinner. It's like too many carbs or something like you're not going to have sourdough bread, like an entire loaf to yourself for lunch and then also be able to enjoy pizza later. So it's kind of like one big meal that you really, really want to enjoy. And we'll spend like $200 on Saturday just for what, you know, the family wants for cheat day. And like, we'll go to, you know, Seven Eleven or or quick trip and everybody will get like their, the candy that they wanted. And then we'll order food from Grubhub or whatever. And it's like the food that everybody wanted. And, you know, that's the thing that we do. And what happens is like, after the day is over, I'm able to like hold off until the next cheat day. It's like, Oh, I really, really want a breakfast burrito. I'll have it next cheat day. Like that's, that's my, in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm just storing that. If I don't feel like something different, if I feel like ramen by then or something, maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to like mentally bear that, that burden of, of trying to kind of get through it. Um, also other ways to soothe, like, I know I'm, I'm kind of going off here on this, this idea behind soothing. Um, I like Brazilian jujitsu. It's a thing that I do that helps me soothe. I like playing board games. It's a thing that I do that helps me soothe. I just like all the, the pressures of life kind of leave mm-hmm. when, when I get to, you know, strangle my friends against their will um, and get away with it. Or uh, when I get to, you know, um, play an epic game, like be a cute farm critter building my little, um, my little city in Everdell or something. I don't know, but um, it's something that I am able to soothe that way. What are like, what are other ways that you guys use to soothe? Like what helps you guys soothe? For sure. I love, I love walking. Like, even if it's just, Hey, we're going to go out and walk the dog after dinner. Even if it's 15, 20 minutes, that is huge for me. And it's not like we're going out on some, you know, we're walking fast, walking as fast as possible and exercise. I've already exercised that day. This is like, we're just going to go out and walk the dog and just let any stressors from the day, like melt off. Sometimes you need to exit your house, just like what Sean was saying before, like going outside in in fresh air and playing with his kids and how that rejuvenates him. It's amazing how that will soothe me. Um, Love playing games with the kids. We can, we might just even break out cards like Jen Remy, or we might do, um, you know, play any card games or dice games. We love playing dice games too. And that's amazing. If we just all sit around the table and everyone starts laughing, laughter for me is hugely soothing. And it's mm-hmm. probably why my husband got me to be his wife is because he makes <laughs> me laugh all like if I'm with him, I will laugh all day long. So that is hugely soothing for me. Mm-hmm. But again, it's going back to the same key thing, finding out what works for you. Cause we all are so different. Just like Andrew, you have found out that this cheat day works for you and, and you know exactly what soothes you. And it's, when we were finding those wrong things, like your daughter was sucking her thumb, like that, we got to figure out something different because that's going to create a problem with their teeth later on. Right. And her thumb as well. When I used to come home from work, I have people that would say, I have to have that glass of wine when I come home from work and I want to break that habit. The only way to break that is to break that routine. You've got to come home and do something different or you don't come in the same sounds ridiculous, but you don't come in the same door of your house. You come in it. If you always come in the garage door, come in the front door go straight to your room, um, sit down and, and read a book for 15 minutes, do anything that you have to do to, to break the habit that you don't maybe want to do anymore. Because even though it might be soothing to you, it might not be the best habit to have to soothe you. I would come home and grab 
a handful of chocolate chips. And my husband always wondered why we never had chocolate chip cookies. Except there was always <laughs> chocolate chips, but the chocolate chips went missing. And it was because that for me was soothing that like, but I had to break that habit. I had to do something different when I came home. I couldn't come in through the garage door anymore because that was straight into the kitchen. I had to change that habit up a little bit um, to form that new behavior so I wouldn't do that anymore. So it's, is the soothing thing good for you or is it creating worse habits in you as well too? So it's also looking at that too. What what makes you soothe, Sean? Like if I wanted to soothe you, how how would I do it? <laughs> Uh, what do I do to unwind? Is that the question? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not entirely sure That's what kind you of, mean by soothe. Yeah. Soothe is uh, what makes you feel better? What makes you de-stress? What makes you decompress? What makes you? <laughs> what makes it easier for you to deal with, uh, you know, I don't know, a diet change or, or whatever, you know? I am. Uh, yeah, we have a, a lovely forest near us. So I suppose walking through that forest is uh, quite relaxing, mm, helps me unwind. Nice. Um, I, I try to spend at least 20 minutes a day reading and that sort of, I try to do it before bed because the house, we just get mm-hmm. to sleep mode and I unwind and then it's somewhat intellectually stimulating. I can take some notes and, you know, ponder certain ideas. So I think that's probably one way is, is reading and relaxing that way is probably how I would soothe. Awesome. Well, um, I've been really fascinated by this conversation and I I wanted to talk about all sorts of other stuff, but we just kind of got into this, uh, this subject. I mean, the, you know, the, the end from the beginning, what we said was that tired or rather people with low energy make bad business owners. You need to have energy to spend because your business is going to take, you know, all 24 hours you've got and then some every single day, um, it will consume all of that and you have limited time. And so really it's uh, a matter of making the most with the limited amount of time you have. Mm-hmm. And if you can pour more energy into less hours, you can get more done. And I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so um, I hope you guys found this this information useful and I hope you found it, you know, you were able to pull at least one thing that just um, will help you in your week. Um, but Julie, before we go, um, tell us, you know, I know that you have this, I want to, I want, I want you to talk about just this 10 day jumpstart, 24 day jumpstart yeah. thing and how people can contact you because I know that you can actually coach people, uh, virtually and, and, and whatnot. The location isn't really that important, but would you spend just a few minutes talking about that? Sure. So, uh, best way to contact me always is my phone number. So do you want me to give that now? Yeah, go ahead. So 619-994-7471. And my website is sparkforlife.net. So it's S-P-A-R-K, the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot net. And that will take you to what Andrew was mentioning, which is um, we have so many awesome supplements and wonderful products on there. But one of them is called the 24-Day Jumpstart which also includes the 10 day reset. So some people may just want to do a 10 day reset years ago. uh, The 10 day reset was called a cleanse and the word cleanse scares a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but the true cleanse is eating the right foods, eating the right proteins, the lean proteins, your fresh veggies, fresh fruits, getting enough water in. It's not restrictive in the way of you're not going to eat any food. You're going to eat five to six meals a day 
um, on both the 10-day reset and the 24-day jumpstart. And it is truly just that. So the 10-day reset is just resetting your body, kind of like when you have to restart your computer so that it runs better. We reset our body every 90 days. Sorry for the dog there. Uh, We reset our body every 90 days so that um, we can run better, just like you do the oil change on your car. It's the same difference. Um, 24-day jumpstart is a lot of times you've heard in the past, which could be a potential myth, there's, you know, 21 days to form a habit. There are parts of that I do agree with. I believe that in 21 days or 24 days for our part, you can form a habit, but you need that habit to become a behavior. So I love the 24-day jumpstart to get you jump started in the right direction for your health, but there is a day 25 and a day 26 and a day 27. You don't just <laughs> quit after 24 days. It jumpstarts you into better health to then create those habits to become behaviors. You want those habits to become behaviors so that it's just an everyday normal thing for you to do to eat healthy and to do good for your body. So both the 10 day reset and the 24 day jumpstart are just a beginning um, to help you get in the right direction for creating the life that you want and putting an investment into the one body that you've been given because you don't get another one. And um, you, you provide personalized coaching for people, uh, private coaching and everything. You're not, you're not um, sharing it with everybody on social media or something unless they want you to, I guess. But, um, but you provide private coaching. And then, so if I were to start like a 24 day jumpstart program, it ends up that I just buy the stuff, whatever that costs um, and have it shipped to me. But then I can do, do you talk to us through that? Or like, is it, what is it, would it be like once a week or do we, how do you connect with your people? Sure. Coach no, that's a great question. So anyone that wants to get started with supplements, my coaching comes free with that. So that is the one nice thing. Sometimes people say, Julie, I don't want anything to do with supplements, but I want your coaching. Then there is a charge to my coaching at that point. But when someone, for example, purchases a 24 day jumpstart, we text throughout those 24 days, but we meet once a week via zoom for 30 minutes just to go through um, different tips and tools that they're going through. But there is a daily text that goes out because sometimes we feel different every day. And so I want to catch things ahead of time. If someone's not doing something right, or maybe they're feeling kind of funny or they're not getting enough water in, I, instead of waiting for that week to be over, I want to catch it ahead of time. So there will be a, a text that we do throughout those 24 days, but we do meet once a week. We meet prior to the 24 days starting. I, my discovery calls are free. So anytime someone just doesn't know where they want to go, they just know they want to make a change. They want to mm-hmm. see something different. They either want to have more energy, want to lose weight, want to gain weight, just want to feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, my discovery calls are free where we can jump on a phone or jump on Zoom for 30 minutes and decide if I'm a right fit for them or what I have to offer is a right fit. Very good. So um, for our international listeners, Julie is on Pacific Standard Time. That's GMT minus eight. Right? So <laughs> if you're you know, in Europe and you want to do this, like I'm sure that you would you be open to working with somebody that's... I can nutrition coach with anybody. Unfortunately, Advocare only ships to Canada and the United States, but that doesn't mean I can't help them find something else. Awesome. So then uh, share your phone number once more. Sure. So the, the uh, country code is one, right? So just yes, United one, States. 
619-994-7471. Okay. Very cool. Well, excellent. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure having you and, and really diving deep into this stuff. Um, thank you for having me. Awesome. So Robot Richard, send us out. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. For more resources, articles, and to listen to past podcasts, please visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. And if you have a crowdfunding question, we also have a page on our site where you can send a message directly to us. Please visit crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash question. And if your question is a great question, we may include it in a future podcast. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.